Simon, Simon, Satan has asked, you, has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Given what Peter himself experienced in his own life, helps us to further appreciate what he himself writes in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 11, where he encouraged us with these words. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Thank you very much. You may be seated. Good morning. It's good to be together again as part of the body of Christ. And if you were here last week, uh, you may recall that uh, Pastor Scott began his message to us as we go through this series on prayer, uh, talking about answered prayer last week. And, and he said, my guess is that, that everybody has a, a story of answered prayer. In fact, he went on to say, and my guess is as you're sitting there, perhaps even a story is coming to your mind of one of those kind of uh, moments in your life. And I'm here to tell you Pastor Scott was right because he, as he started that message, I was sitting right here thinking, oh, I've got one of those stories to tell, and I'd like to share it with you today. It was one week after Susan and I were married. Jill. <laughs> Seven days. Yes, I was old enough. I was 24 in that picture, believe it or not. <laughs> anyway. Seven days after that picture was taken, Sue and I uh, were getting ready to go to church for the first time together as husband and wife. We were so looking forward to that moment. Lord's Supper was going to be celebrated, and in our minds, to be able to take the Lord's Supper together, that just meant so much to us to be able to do that. Well, we go out to, to head off to church, and the car would not start. Well, being a car guy... I'm thinking, ooh, this is a wonderful opportunity for me to be able to show my new bride what a capable husband she married. So I hopped right out of the car, I popped the hood, and I took the air cleaner off, began to work with the throat plate and the carburetor, and I'm doing all sorts of other stuff, and nothing that I am doing is working. I mean, it, it, it would crank, but it wouldn't even sound like it wanted to start. And this went on to the point where finally we drained the battery of all, all of its juices. Well, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do next, but I knew it was going to involve jumper cables. So I headed back to the garage to see if I could find jumper cables, all frustrated, pressured for time, figuring, what am I going to do here? And as I'm in the garage looking for jumper cables, all of a sudden I hear, I come walking out back to the car. And there Sue is sitting there with one of those looks on her face, very self-amused. <laughs> and I, you know, 
I'd lower the hood. I'm looking at her, and I get into the car, and I look over to her, and I said, what did you do? I prayed. <laughs> you prayed? Yep. I saw what the devil was trying to do, ruin our day, keep us from going to church, so I asked Jesus to chase him away. Said amen, turn the key, car started. Let's go. <laughs> That's not the end of it. We get to church. Guess what the preacher's message was on that morning? <laughs> the power of prayer. Well, this ta has taught me two lessons. First of all, what a capable wife I had married. And secondly, and this sets the stage for our message today, when troubles come, Sometimes the cause is more than what it seems to be on the surface. Sometimes, my friends, the real cause lies beneath the surface. And as Pastor Scott instructed us last week, rather than looking at the circumstances in our lives merely with the eyes in our heads, there are times in our lives when we need to be looking at things beneath the surface and see them with the eyes of faith. To that end, you and I need to always be mindful of the fact that beneath the surface of our everyday lives, there is a spiritual battle that is being waged, and you and I are at the heart and center of that battle. The Apostle Paul makes clear for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And their ultimate goal is the complete disruption and destruction of your relationship and my relationship with Almighty God. On the surface... Adam and Eve lived in literal paradise with Almighty God. But beneath the surface, spiritual forces of evil were at work. The Bible tells us that the serpent was crafty. And although God had warned Adam and Eve, yet they succumbed to the Spirit's tempting tactics. And they took the bait only to realize after it was too late that it contained a tragic hook. Then the eyes of both of them were opened as the battle beneath the surface reared its ugly head, bringing with it temporal and eternal consequences. And from that moment, Paul tells us in his letter to the Romans, sin entered into the world and death through sin. On the surface, Job was enjoying a good life. In fact, given the standard of his day, he was living a great life as one who revered Almighty God. But Scripture tells us that one day the angels came to present themselves to the Lord, and Satan also came with them. And Satan said to God, stretch out your hand against Job and strike everything he has. Strike his flesh and his bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. 
and at Satan's hand, Job began to experience one calamity after the next to the point where his life seemed to be emptied of its worth. And in the face of it all, Job's own wife said to him, curse God and die. Well, my friends, that is exactly the point to where the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil want to bring you and me in our lives. They want to rob us of all peace and joy and hope, both now and in eternity. And they will stop at nothing to tempt, trick, twist, taunt, tease, trivialize, terrorize, trample, and torment us to where we are just ready to turn our backs on God and throw our relationship with Him out the window because it doesn't matter to us anymore. The last thing that the forces of evil want, in fact, they even detest the very idea of it altogether, is for you and me to experience and enjoy the blessings that come in a relationship with the God of all creation, both now and in eternity. As a boy, as we were on our way to church one Sunday morning, my dad asked us kids, who's the first one at church every week? Well, I thought the answer was, was obvious until my dad said this. The devil is the first one at church. Only he's not there to learn. He's there to distract. As Jesus himself said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Have no doubt about it, my friends. Whatever God is planning to do, the devil is plotting to undo. What is more, it is not a matter of if, but when. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble. Whether at the hands of Satan, the world, or our own sinful flesh. You and I are surrounded by a whole horde of enemies and forces who are bound and determined to disrupt and destroy our relationship with Almighty God. So should we be at all surprised that hardships and heartaches come our way which can cause us to begin to not only doubt God's existence but even to trust His loving presence for us? Should we be at all surprised at the relentless temptations to sin that seem to just come pounding at us over and over again? Should we be at all surprised that just when it seems the gospel of Jesus Christ is about to do a new thing among us, that all of a sudden something arises that threatens to thwart it? Should we be at all surprised that life's demands and disruptions keep us so busy, so preoccupied, that it seems we have so very little time to spend with God. I'm asking you for a response. Should we be surprised? No. In fact, like never-ending cobwebs, we should be expecting them. Well, someone who learned this and had to learn this the hard way was the Apostle Peter. Although Peter was one of Jesus' 12 chosen disciples, yet even Peter experienced the devil's tempting tactics firsthand. 
That's why, and Peter reminds us, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. For many a Christian over the centuries, these words that our scripture reading for today of the Apostle Peter have served as a wonderful reminder of our need to always be vigilant about spiritual battle. But I want to back the truck up a little and return to that very moment when Jesus warned Peter. It was in the midst of celebrating the Lord's Supper for the first time, on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, that Jesus turned to Peter and said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. I don't know about you, but that sounds awfully reminiscent of the very same dialogue that Satan had with God concerning God's servant, Job. Unfortunately, in that moment when Jesus warned Peter, Peter was so sure of himself. Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Yet how miserably and how quickly Peter failed when confronted by Satan's relentless pressure. He denied Jesus. Understand. He denied Jesus, not just once, but three times, even to the point of cursing. But in that moment of warning Peter, our Lord Jesus offers a wonderful, some wonderful insight and perspective that gives us hope whenever we are confronted with Satan and his tactics. Jesus went on to say to Peter, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And if you're familiar then with the story from Scripture, it was after Jesus' resurrection on the shores of the Sea of Galilee that Jesus did indeed restore and return Peter and assured him of his uh, uh, presence uh, within his life. And I can't help but think that after a while, that those words that Jesus had earlier said, and after you had been returned, strengthen your brothers, that those words were running around in Peter's mind. And Peter went on to write, resist the devil, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To Him be the power forever and ever. Amen. My friends, when it comes to the forces of evil that will come against us, you and I would do well to take a lesson from our Lord Jesus. Again, knowing what Peter was about to face, Jesus prayed against the forces of evil. When he said, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And knowing that Peter was not going to be the only one confronted, but the other disciples were going to be confronted as well, Jesus elsewhere in John 17 also prayed, Father, 
My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. And knowing that future generations of disciples down to you and me would also be facing the devil's worst. Jesus also prayed. And my prayer is not for them alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their message. And already in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus challenged his disciples several times to watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And then knowing what he himself was about to face. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus himself prayed, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, Father, but yours be done. And knowing what the Father's will was, even though it meant facing Satan, Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. And there he went not only toe to toe, but he went face to face with Satan, sin, and death. And there these forces of evil and spiritual darkness unleashed their worst upon the Son of God to the point where he screamed and cried from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he bowed his head and breathed his last. And in that moment, the forces of this dark world thought that they had accomplished the worst by killing the Son of God. And if they killed the Son of God, what did that mean for you and me? But then three days later, from the grave, our Lord raised His glorious head, bringing with Him forgiveness and the promise of life everlasting. And now His victory becomes our victory through faith. Now, by God's grace, through faith in Christ Jesus, no matter what Satan may throw our way, you and I can be assured that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, when the forces of evil are trying to beat us down, those are the moments that should drive us to our knees. Lord, teach us to pray. Deliver us from evil. To join with the psalmist in praying, deliver me, O God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of evil and cruel men. To join with the apostle Paul, we can pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, praying especially for all the saints. We can join with Martin Luther, whether in his morning prayer or in his evening prayer, in saying, let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. A man stood up every week at the conclusion of his church's prayer service and prayed, Lord, clean out the cobwebs in my life. Well, after listening to this man pray this same prayer each week, month after month, another man of faith finally stood up and prayed, Lord, I want to thank you for cleaning out the cobwebs in my brother's life. But Lord, 
it would save him a whole lot of trouble if you would just get rid of the spiders. My dear friends, through the gift of prayer, God is giving us the privilege and the opportunity to pray against those spiders in our lives. We can learn to pray with all boldness, and may we do so. Father, yeah, help me deal with the cobwebs in my life. But even more so, Father, I'm asking you, please, get rid of the spiders. Amen? Amen.